Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 38 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name's Pretty Tony, and alongside me as always is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, enjoying this uh, finest of Saturdays before, uh, the week before Elimination Chamber, you know? Very, very well uh, spoiled by uh, WWE at the minute because we're only just hot off the heels of uh, the Royal Rumble and then we're going into the Elimination Chamber. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of riding a bit of a high at the minute. Yeah, two high-impact sort of events rather close together because we have to sort of reset. Obviously, with the WrestleMania being the first weekend of the month and Royal Rumble being almost the last weekend of the pre- previous month we kind of had to uh, sort of flip the script so not too bad to have obviously we are in the afterglow of the events that took place at the royal rumble and going swiftly into elimination chamber coming up in the uh, coming weeks so i would agree with the sentiment that television in terms of wwe has been exciting leading into the Elimination Chamber. So yeah, I believe Spoiled would be an accurate piece. I would tend to agree. I'm just looking forward to some of the stories because obviously we've gotten uh, some resolution um, and uh, we have some uh, we have some placeholder stuff going in for uh, well, I'm calling it placeholder stuff because we have a Women's Elimination Chamber match that when you look at the card, you just go, okay, well, I know he's going to win that. Like, I feel just feel like I know who's gonna win that one. Maybe you should have done a bit more for that. And then you have something like Sami versus Roman, which more more often than not, we're always looking forward to the gimmick matches. Um, I think that the quicker we get to this Roman Sami match, the better. So I'm just I'm super stoked for that that one story, honestly. Uh these last couple of weeks we've uh, we've been Super jazzed about uh, what's going on, and yeah, 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 Montreal, come on, it, next week can't come soon enough. Honestly, we're we're just off a of SmackDown. I want it to be next week already because I need to see that match. Definitely the Roman Sammy at the Chamber, sort of that tent pole match that you're definitely looking forward to at a pay per view, and you not to say that the other matches are kind of just there to be there, but it's definitely sort of adding a little salt and pepper onto the steak in a sense that you you kind of know what you're going for. You would you don't mind an appetizer, but you know what the the meal you're going for, you know, you've been waiting for, so that's definitely one. So I'll agree that the gimmick matches are always fun. Chamber is definitely sort of an intense thing. Now that they made like the chamber bigger and there's like lights and sort of the showmanship is a little bit more intense, but I'm still down to check them out, but I agree that the main event is the one a lot of us are looking forward to. I wonder if they're even going to put it as the main event because they've been making such a big deal about the other titles and stuff, obviously with the Intercontinental title and the US title and the US title number one contender being decided by um, Elimination Chamber match. 
like they're making these things like a, a huge deal and i like that i like that they're making these these things bigger so i just wonder if we're going to how we're going to start elimination chamber how we're going to have you know what we're going to have in the middle and how we're going to hit the end because it's just one of those things that 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 big chamber does not look easy to maneuver agreed uh the pacing of a show is really really important definitely start off hot and then kind of kind of pace yourself don't blow your beans all the way and then obviously strong opening be satisfied in the middle, strong closing. So you leave them kind of wanting more. You leave that sort of last impression. But I'll agree. I'm curious as to sort of how they're going to organize it and sort of the match order. But if it's anything like the Rumble, to be fair, they did a really good job of kind of things where they placed and kind of made sense in retrospect. So I have high hopes. I don't want to sort of get them too high, but I definitely want to see what the outcome is of this upcoming pay-per-view i feel like you'd be forgiven if they were too high though because honestly like come on we've we've been following this story for a long time we got a bit of a blow off and now we're getting the actual uh the actual match because of it so you'd be warranted in in wanting uh wanting something but going to what we're going to talk about today you might be best to temper that expectation should always temper expectations, absolutely. So definitely, hopefully, like us, you are looking forward to what's going to happen at the chamber and sort of the outcomes and what's going to transpire in the upcoming weeks leading into sort of the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. All right, as a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council. And in audio form, wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn leading WWE. Who, if not both, can be suited to be a world champion leading a brand? So, coming up first. Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn leading WWE. Obviously, with the return of Cody at the Royal Rumble and him winning the Royal Rumble match itself. Of course, on the other side of the coin, you have the groundswell of grassroots popularity that Sami Zayn has grown over the past six plus months, showing his, his merit and showing his worth. A storyline that's garnered him such popularity and such groundswell of emotion that it's going to be interesting divide. The internet wrestling community is always in, shall we say, interesting lot that a lot of folks have other people wanting to pick sides of the fence. And it's sort of a lot of times it's a one or the other type of element and we're essentially just going to take a look at some of the elements that have coming into play and the storylines that have been put there. So can it be a Cody? Can it be Sammy? Is it one or the other? Is it neither? Is it both? That's what we're going to look at today. So there are two concurrent, highly popular individuals while on separate shows are on this momentous collision course with the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. 
the notion of can we have both be at the top? Do we have to pick one over the other? Both can be shown affection. Both can hold their own. Both have shown they can garner huge amounts of interest. However, in some circles inside WWE management and to the fan base, there are diverging sentiments of leaning towards one man over the other. We are here to look at both hot properties today, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and the no longer honorary Oos, but the independent rebel himself from the underground, Sami Zayn. The first piece we're going to look at is going to be Cody's promo from Raw. Now, bear in mind, we're not going to go an in-depth review and critique of the promo itself. If you have an opportunity, if you have not watched it and or listened to it, it's an actually wonderful, elegant, emotional, intense promo. So I definitely, we highly recommend you check it out for sure. But there was some things to cherry pick in terms of what we want to discuss. So we'll get into it here. Cody ends up going to the ring. After asking what everybody wants to talk about, Cody mentions Roman Reigns. Sammy chants go up, and Cody says the crowd reads his mind. Because while his path to WrestleMania was a straight line, Reigns was defending his title against a guy who has kicked up dirt and has fought his way to a championship match at Elimination Chamber in his hometown of Montreal, Sami Zayn. While Rhodes respected anyone who fought against an injustice put upon them, and when he considered Zayn a friend, Rhodes wishes Sami Zayn well and said, let the best man win. So once again, highly suggest folks check out the promo itself because it was incredible and fantastic, like stated earlier. But I thought it was a great acknowledgement and good on Cody putting the other guy over who he may end up facing at WrestleMania as we will see the outcome of Elimination Chamber. But Joker, what were your impressions of this particular aspect of the Cody promo of him essentially just addressing the elephant in the room. We, we've talked about, we've talked about this, you and I, uh, about how I feel uh, when it comes to Cody multiple times. You know, I'm a big Cody fan, love Cody, think he's great. Uh, think he is one of the top guys uh, after his entire career of being middle of the pack, going away, discovering who he needs to be and coming back to the WWE. I think this is just so much fun uh, and I love the story behind it. But I love Sami Zayn and his building of trust and his crawling through the, the mistrust and, and, and all of this hatred towards him to build uh, a sense of family with these guys in the bloodline. And now his sort of ousting from that family after having decided he'd had enough of the bullying, as it were, from Roman Reigns. Both of these stories are pieces that I am heavily invested in. All right. Now, this promo, the idea of it, 
brings those two together. Because my comparison to you before was the fact that Sammy has had this upswell, this grassroots uh, up, upswell that you had mentioned, kind of akin to Daniel Bryan all those years ago and the Yes movement. This, this is the Sammy movement. And it has, or if you want to call it, the Usi movement. Because he is one of these guys that has made such a name for himself that he needs to be supported. If you consider also another, well, uh, less fortunate version, Zack Ryder, who Long Island Ice Z made himself very well known through the uh, through the internet, and then didn't get the push that he really kind of deserved, got thrown off uh, the stage by Kane, etc., etc., etc. This will hopefully be seen as a little bit different, but he has been seen, Sammy. This is as someone who needs to have this upswelling of support. But you have the other guy, Cody, come back from a long time off because of injury, and he's playing the role of Batista. That guy who came in at 30, who took the Rumble spot, who took the Mania match. And we need to sort of get away from Cody is the bad guy. Cody's not someone we need to we need to be uh, vilifying. He 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 was pretty much always going to have this spot, you know. Like, come on, uh, we need to sort of make sure that we can show that Cody is a well-meaning guy, that he supports the other guy going after the title, and that even if he's going to Mania, he's the only one that knows he's going into Mania as the challenger. So it's really good to see that they've done this promo and they've sort of smoothed things over, in my opinion, preemptively before everything else happens, whether or not Sami gets the job done, as we know, next week at Elimination Chamber, uh, whether or not it's going to be however long uh, until he you know, gets his revenge on Roman Reigns. So I thought this piece, again, it was such a good uh, back and forth promo between Cody and Paul Heyman. There was a lot of emotion to the piece. There was a lot of really good stuff in there about uh, Dusty Rhodes, about his kids, uh, as he called them, down at NXT, and then his actual kids, uh, Dustin and Cody. It's just so good. I cannot emphasize enough that you kind of need to watch this uh, just for a masterclass of back and forth between two hot people on the mic. Like, they are just so good. Um, I just thought that it really hit the mark of what it was intended to do. But for me personally, it didn't really do anything else other than remind me that there are people out there that may possibly refer to this as him being the uh, the spoiled sport to the Daniel Bryan moment for Sami Zayn. Agreed. There's a lot to unpack. We will both reiterate that you should definitely check out the promo in full. There's a lot of layers and there's a lot of other elements that were essentially building up the match that he's aiming to have with Roman Reigns. But I'll agree in the sense of, I mentioned it before, a lot of folks like their favorite a lot of folks are wanting to have their guy in in a spot type of thing but 
been quite a while since we've been able to, as I mentioned in the opening, have two really popular, highly sought after, highly garnering support wrestlers here that are kind of running concurrent. So that may not interact, obviously, with one another because they are on separate brands and with Cody's time away, but that notwithstanding, have just so much support from fans. You mentioned that you felt like it was good that Cody acknowledged Sammy, which I think was, was, was a smart move. Not to say, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit at length slightly further as we get into a couple of the other subtopics, but I felt it was good that they sort of got ahead of a curve. Uh, preemptive, no pun intended, damage control, just to say, hey, you know what? I know some fans like me and some fans potentially sometimes don't because it is what it is, but I, you know, I respect this guy because he's got his match and he worked his butt off and type of thing. Let the best man win. He did a lot of sort of this good work, this good leg work in just that small iteration in that promo to prevent this sort of super villainous heat or superfluous heat that he could have gotten because hey you know nothing against you you know cody rhodes but i really like this guy over here and he's my guy and i want so i feel like there's some strong similarities you mentioned this whole groundswell of support uh uh uh, daniel bryan i was gonna say a shoot name daniel bryan-esque groundswell the sort of natural, he's kind of our guy, the sort of spoil sport in that sort of Batista analogy that maybe wasn't supposed to kind of be because they wanted the they wanted their guy, their natural guy, but you know, whether or not that was unintentionally intended, but you know, Cody Cody's a very divisive person, obviously with his past and AEW and kind of the way he handled promos that notwithstanding where I'm going with is the acknowledgement of it was a really good job to quell any potential heat that he might have gotten. Oh, 100% agree. Like whenever you have uh, these guys fighting over the one person and I'll get into I'll get into the end of this because Vince, in all his stupidity, put two belts on one person again. You don't do that with two shows. Especially because the only reason that Roman got super over is because of Sammy. And it was stroke of luck that he got over as well as he did. But having two belts on the one person is stupid. I didn't like it when Becky did it. I didn't like it back in the day when we had people like Chris Jericho and Randy Orton do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line. Two belts, when they're your big belts, on the same person is wrong. Because how are you going to have anybody from either show compete to have that belt or those belts? Because then you're taking away a belt from the other show. You're making that one person who's holding both belts do double duty and you know have to do all this here and sure you're putting a lot of pressure on one person and sure roman had the retinue to be able to you go to other places to do this for him 
but it also detracted from the title. So we have seen an awful lot of good work put into the US and intercontinental titles to build them back up after the years of neglect. We will need that sort of com commitment from Papa H to rebuild these titles when they get split. And it's not an if they get split, it's a when they get split. And you have the two perfect people poised right at the top to each take a belt and not detract from each other, but add to the whole company just by being there. You have Cody beat him, Roman this is, and then you have Sammy beat him, and then you have no Roman, the big bad evil guy is gone, and then you have the reward for Sammy, because we've you know we're giving him his flowers, we're we're, we're saying uh, that, that that he gets he gets this championship and all that there, and and you know we finally have two belts again, no more of this back and forth between shows and disappointment whenever you don't get to see the big belt on the show. That is what this is for, I feel. So that people can really understand that Cody is aware that there is another guy that wants these wants this, these belts. But Cody's only really ever been after one belt. And I feel like this should be the way forward. And they've kind of started to edge that way with this past week on SmackDown, where they had the SmackDown tag team titles uh, defended. So, despite the outcome of that match, we should see Roman defend the WWE title and the WWE Universal title separately. If that means that he has to fight two days of Mania, do it. Because you give everybody a slice of Roman Reigns and then you just, you know, you give everybody what they want at the end of it. And that's what this whole thing should be leading up to. I know I've fantasy booked in there as well, but like, it's legitimately the only reason for this promo is to ensure that people are aware that Cody knows Sammy's really good and Sammy should have a belt. I'm in agreement that the belts, the championships you mentioned, the IC in the US have been built up more recently as well. But the champions themselves, as well as the challengers, should be made to feel important. And should, we should have garner interest in those individuals as well as the titles. And they should feel a high priority. And speaking of feeling high priority, the nature of Cody's promo on Raw was sort of a notion to not have him feel like he was sort of a secondary character or this is a secondary storyline running alongside and the bloodline here i have note dave Meltzer noted on wrestling observer radio that wwe felt like they needed to do the highly praised segment with rhodes and paul Heyman on monday's raw because they were well aware of how over sammy Zayn's storyline is right now he said wwe felt it quote Imperative not to have this WrestleMania main event angle feel secondary. Now, the notion of Cody quote unquote feeling secondary to this other highly popular individual and the storyline of Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, I'm looking at it through the lens of, you know, although Cody won the Royal Rumble match, 
and which is of course a huge deal and should never be downplayed because you have all the pomp and circumstance, you have the guaranteed challenge and sort of main event and grandiose that is the match at WrestleMania. But some can argue that more of the spotlight was spread to the main event after the main event at the Royal Rumble of Sami Zayn turning on Roman. I do feel it was a really good idea that Cody addressed the elephant in the room, like we previously mentioned, of Sami. Uh, but it shows a broader storytelling element of Cody being in the larger wrestling landscape and being affected by other things going on, as opposed to it's Cody. And then there's literally everything else going on. So I felt like him being sort of integrated in, or at least acknowledging, hey, I'm a part of this. Things don't happen, you know, outside of me type of thing that I'm not affected by. So I thought it was a really, really good idea, all things considered. And just a mentioning him talking about Sammy helps quell any potential heat that might be sort of superficial because it just gets him, Cody himself, and Sammy to be seen as top guys, which, again, we don't know what the outcome of the match at Elimination Chamber, but by hook or by crook, if it does end up being Sammy, for example, you want to put over that guy because if you downplay him, it doesn't mean much if you beat the guy. But if you put him over, that's be like, okay, then it means more. So, all things considered, the... Story was just the promo itself, obviously, was received well. And I felt like some people are leaning a little bit more towards man, Sammy feels super important. Then we also have this other guy that won the Rumble, so we're conflicted. It's not secondary, they're both here. It's just maybe the perception of how it's being handled on television could maybe have that inclination. Joker, I throw it over to you. Before the promo itself, obviously you're a huge Cody fan. Him being the Rumble, guaranteeing his match at WrestleMania. You also enjoy Sammy. Did Cody or Sammy feel like they were running secondarily or playing second fiddle to one another? No. 100% no. And that is coming from someone who has watched this story and enjoyed Cody for you know a long time and just being able to critically evaluate you know using the the brain matter that I have that Roman Reigns is the bad guy and Roman Reigns has two belts you know what else there are two of challengers you know what else there are two of shows each of those shows should have a belt so we give those two belts that Roman has to each of the challengers, fish bash bosh with two head guys of the company. I don't see either of them as secondary because I don't see Raw or SmackDown as secondary to either. I know WWE has a policy of, or had a policy of thinking Raw was the flagship for a while, and now SmackDown being on Fox is a flagship show. And it is more a case of they now see that the universal title was the big, big belt, as opposed to the WWE Heavyweight Championship, which was the Raw title, I saw both belts as big as each other because there was no reason for me to think that any belt Goldberg held really had any sway. So 
it was just a case of him taking, you know, him taking this Vince, sorry, Vince taking both belts and putting them onto Roman Reigns was short-sighted and just because he wanted to. Right? But now we have two even better people to give these belts to. So just do it. You don't have to give Sammy a belt for however many days Roman's held the titles, like 950,000 days, I don't care. Just give it to him for a couple of months. I'll even give you this. Cody, day one. 20-minute match, 25-minute match, Roman goes nice, long distance. Roman is completely battered. Cody gets the win, exasperated. Next day, Sammy versus Roman, universal title. Roman is not 100%, completely drained. Bloodline has fallen apart. Everything is going to absolute toilet for him. Sammy comes out, beats him in like a five, 10 minute match and just sits there and you gloats over him. Like your bloodline's done. It's all done. He is the champion for two months. Roman comes back, beats him and takes it back. You've still given Sammy a championship. You've still given him that run. We did less for Liv. Like, just come on. Take the belts off Roman. Give them to Sammy and, and Cody. Because, no, I do not see them as, as one being better than the other because they're on two separate shows. And that line should honestly be sort of penciled in a bit as opposed to being as blurred as it is with it, having this roving, undisputed champion who actually just stays at home. There have been arguments of, obviously, the still in the quote-unquote brand split era where we have mostly folks that are going to be on a raw show mostly folks that are going to be on a smackdown show show there are uh some blurred lines for example i think on this past week's episode of smackdown i think like chelsea green happened to just show up on smackdown even though she's been on ross just for a random example so it's not like hard lines as you stated like it was previously so the nature of having what was supposed to be a world champion for each show slash each network slash each roster being on one person, you're going to have some cross pollination like you mentioned. So the notion of the idea of setting up a strong contender that happens to be represented on one show vis-a-vis Cody winning the Royal rumble. And then the ground swelling piece here of Sammy being on SmackDown and having that sort of natural progression type of deal. And now it's come to a head. Like you mentioned, it's been quite a while since we've sort of had two really, really popular folks finding their paths converging onto being challengers that folks are, again, are really interested in. So a lot of folks were saying the Sammy attacking Roman and sort of him leaving the rumble at leaving the bloodline at the Royal rumble was kind of the bigger sort of story as it made evented and sort of the lasting impression. I can understand that argument with that having slightly more overshadowing, you know, I'm supposed to be the Royal rumble winner type of thing. I can understand that, but we having it on two separate shows, having it on, we're not seeing 
Sammy bashing Cody. We're not seeing Cody bashing Sammy. It's like, all right, we're kind of in this together. Cody did, I'll reiterate, really good damage control by just saying, Sammy, I like your work. You know, I think we're friends. I let the best man win and we'll see kind of how it takes it. So good, good nature of that. But I, I feel, I feel like with him just addressing that, we're sort of back on track. Not to think that I, I felt like one was below or beneath one another or their story, but I felt like with just that reminder or that refreshing, it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I brought it back into my mind. I am the Royal Rumble winner going after Roman, bada bing, bada boom, bish bash. So boom, this guy's got his thing. Now I'm going to get my thing. We're both strong. We're good to go. Yeah, well, I mean, the Sami storyline, the Bloodline storyline, deserved its spot because it's an actual story. And if you had an ounce of sense leading into January, you would have known that Cody was winning the Rumble. Even if we weren't told that was, even if we were told the fact that he's coming back, it was very obvious that he was winning the Rumble. Now, he had been away and therefore there was no story, there was nothing built on, on top of this, right? There's nothing for Cody except the fact that he's the guy that gets to point at the sign. He's the guy that gets to do all the interviews and say, I get to point, over there, I'm going to Hollywood, look, mom, I'm on the silver screen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the only thing Cody gets out of that. As a story, we, the viewers, the audience, the fans of the WWE universe, we get to experience the payoff of an eight-month, ten-month story that has been so good. And I feel like they put the Sami Zayn thing exactly where it needs to be, and they have done the exact thing that they need to do with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. And if anyone thinks that Sami or, or Cody is secondary to each other, then you need to have a little look at yourself and go, how many belts are there in WWE at the top of the card? There's only one person holding them, but there are two belts. So maybe we should separate those belts and put them on to, you know, I'm going, I'm going to keep coming back to this, guys. I'm going to keep coming back to this, okay? This is a very important point that I want to reiterate every single time. So you're not experiencing deja vu. I'm saying it again. Take the titles off Roman, give one to Sami, and give one to Cody. It's not hard. And if they don't do it, I will be very, very sad. The journey of these two men arriving at their sort of destination made the most sense. To back up your previous statement, Cody being away hurt, coming back at the Rumble, people were excited. He won it. Boom. Gets his shot. Makes sense. I think folks were pleased or folks just accepted okay like i'm down for this we're good juxtaposed with okay sammy all this legwork all the story being in there have the payoff at royal rumble now we're set up with a match it feels right makes sense seems natural so to have these two guys concurrently 
getting shots which feel deserved, which don't seem ham-fisted, don't feel wedged in, works. And I think that's a very, very important distinction to make that Cody earned his shot through the Rumble. Okay, popular guy, folks are behind it, works for me, works for most. Sammy, again, did a lot of legwork, earned his way, groundswell of momentum, couldn't take the, couldn't stand against a vicious beating, stood up to the guy, earned his way into a match with that. Okay, I'm for it, I'm invested, works for me. Both seem natural, both thing. Now, if it, if it was sort of divergent from that, so had, if we muddied the lines a little bit and kind of took away sort of a natural feeling to it, I feel like there could be some heat for either one of those guys. So like if, if there was a Sammy in the Royal Rumble match, I felt like it could have been detrimental to either one of those gentlemen. I think that's possibly a fair thing to say. 100%. Could have taken away from either one of them. Or if Cody sort of tried to get into a match with the with a Roman or the champion and kind of be like, all right, you know, I'm important to sat in a third or sort of kind of thing. Don't feel like he may have potentially have gotten full-fledged support. But what I'm saying, where I'm going with is this the natural order of things or how the journey got there for both men, different paths arrived at similar points to similar goals, rather felt like it works so that it can kind of protect both men from a negative aspect. So I felt like it's a strong point, but we're arriving at the elimination chamber for Sammy in his hometown and things. And I felt like we're invested in Sammy's match and I feel like we're invested in a Cody match. So I felt like this was a good way to get to both guys feeling important, getting a match and hopefully getting their flowers. Well, look, I mean, we have two belts and two challenges. So I mean, <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go over it again. A hundred percent to your point. If Sammy was in the Royal Rumble, it would have only hurt Cody because Cody would have then gone on to win and then he would have had that whole uh, Rey Mysterio, Batista, uh, any time you know, somebody came out at number 30 that wasn't expected to come out and we were kind of disappointed by and then they won, you're like, eh, I really don't like Sami Zayn, you're right there. Uh, so yeah, 100%, I definitely agree with that. Um, and the, the the main thing I kind of feel, and this does go back to my point of belt, so please forgive me, but normally whenever you do have these two separate champions, you have more storyline options. And we have only really had the bloodline at the top of the card and the bloodline story. And since November, which is almost four months, we have had only bloodline story. It's not bloodline versus the banger bros, sorry, uh, Seamus and Andrew McIntyre. Um, it's... <laughs> It's not, uh, you know, anybody else, you know, down the line that, that has been uh, sort of trying to get in on, on Roman like Seth or, or anyone else, even uh, Karrion Cross, possibly at one point. But we don't have those people in the fight for this title. In fact, 
everyone is now fighting for the Intercontinental or US titles. Uh, you have uh, a lot of people interested in the US title, people who I would expect to be in this fight for a top title should there be one on their brand. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. By the way, I love Cowboy Brock. Um, it's just one of those things that you kind of have all of this wealth of talent at the top of the card, but they can't get into the storylines that have some additional payoff for a different belt. Everybody's hanging around uh, Austin's belt, and everybody's hanging around Gunther's belt, and nobody, and it it sort of feels crowded because we also don't have anybody going after the tag team titles. There are tag team matches, sure, but nobody's going after the tag team titles, and there's two of those as well. I have the same problem. You know, every problem that I have with Roman's belts, I have with the Usos, just by holding the, the double belts. So everything's congested around the US and the Intercontinental title. If we had the two separate champions, we get the two separate matches for Cody and, and, uh, and Sami, then you, know, you would have more storyline options. And it just feels to me like giving these two guys their matches and ensuring that we do prioritize the fact that Cody wants to remain top of, uh, top of the card in terms of babyfaces. He acknowledges Sami, not as his tribal chief, but as his uh, partner in crime for the heist of the century for taking the belts off Roman. Sort of a happy accident that with so many limited options of two belts being on Roman is sort of part-time nature and it's kind of folks will eventually or kind of interact with the bloodline thing that you mentioned that we have people wanting the US and the IC titles and making them feel important or kind of getting the sort of main event or upper tier guys going after those belts. So by proxy, by accident type of thing, it makes them feel important. So it's a means to an end, but it helps because there's only sort of one singles title, quote unquote, on, on each show slash brand. And then you have this sort of, okay, but there's a top guy that, okay, we kind of have to either wait our turn or kind of figure out what the story's how it's going to play out. So I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's a sort of tough spot, but I'll agree with you that at least it's making these other ones feel important. Now, there was some conjecture a little while back that the heads of management didn't particularly see, even with all the momentum Sami Zayn has been getting, they didn't feel that Sami can be a top guy or be the number one guy. On an episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer shared a backstage rumor about how Sami Zayn is perceived by Triple H and Vince McMahon. Neither Triple H nor Vince saw Sammy as someone who could be, quote, the face of the company. Zane just isn't seen as a top-tier star that the company could hitch their wagon to. This echoes Zane's own statements to Ariel Hawani of BT Sports about being the face of the company. Zane has been very realistic about his position within WWE. He admits that if done correctly... Fans would buy him winning the title, but that he isn't someone like a John Cena or Roman Reigns that the company could or would get behind for five to ten years. It's slightly disheartening 
mention Mr. Melzario over here mentioned that it's a rumor. We haven't come out and stated things, but if there's a perception that no matter how hard you work and you put in all this time on TV with storylines and just knock it out of the park and you're well-received and you're a decent wrestler and solid sports entertainer and things of such, that even with all that work, the person in charge just doesn't see you as a top guy, as a champion, as a person who can, who can lead a brand per se. It's a little disheartening. You know, I, there's been talks of a brass ring or things of such, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the Booker man, that pencil brother, the weight of the pencil. It comes down to if these people see you as valuable, they see you as marketable, as they see you as a person that can draw money, as the term is. So, Joker, thoughts on this rumor of management not seeing Sammy as a top guy and, and Sammy's own thoughts on it? Like, this is, this is the hard thing that you can't really say too much about other people's perception of somebody else. So if this is a rumor that's kind of going out about the fact that, oh, Sammy's not top guy material, they've, they've put the belt on other people who I would have said, you know, that there's, there's no chance that, that guy was ready. There's no chance that guy should have been champion. Uh, I mean, you yourself mentioned uh, the, the, the Jinder Mahal uh, whenever we were talking about it. Like, Jinder Mahal got, uh, got his shot at the belt and his reign because of an India deal with uh, with for for WWE, um, and I feel like an awful lot of their sort of top guys were supposed to be the top merch sellers. Were supposed to be the top physical specimens in uh, in the eyes of VKM. But I feel like going back to my earlier point with Daniel Bryan uh, and his yes movement we have hit on an era of not small guys, but guys who can tell compelling stories and that are allowed to just traverse the land of the WWE universe and tell that story. Sami Zayn is not a physical specimen that VKM wants. He is not Jesse the Body Venture. He is not Triple H pumped up with, after the quad injuries and the denim. He is not The Rock. He is not Cena. He is not... Roman Reigns. I don't want him to be those. I want him to be Zami Zayn. I want him to be this just absolute amazing character that he is. He is OTT. He is just super fun to watch. He is funny when he gets to be. He is super serious when he has to be. And that is compelling. And not everybody wants to watch somebody just sat there at your, on your screen that you know is the perfect embodiment of of fitness this guy is telling us a story there's not a lot of stories where the main character is not the best looking character in the book in the movie in whatever in life this guy deserves to be the head of the company based on his work his ethic of work and the fact that there is this groundswell of support from the fans. Like, there is a lot of it. So, to the rumor, I hope 
that they're just stirring that so that they can swerve us because that is a very sad point for other people in the company who have aspirations that you have to be this Roman reign you have to be the you have to be this cut out caricature even in you know the 2020s like this is not the 1980s whenever you know before Vince fought all those steroid accusations of having all his ballooned up animals like this is not then we don't need that we don't need to go back to that please take the chance and go out on on Sami Zayn because I honestly do not think you'll regret it and I think this will have a really really good period of time for the company in terms of storytelling in terms of uh, merch selling and in terms of viewership there was a time when we wanted the sort of superhero look and it made sense things like the 80s early 90s toy sales that was a sort of look that we kind of wanted and we sort of looked to or emulated and happened in wrestling it happened in films we saw big jacked up guys just being a hero and and fighting the evildoers so it went hand in hand but i will agree in the sense of we even mentioned it on the show i'm sure at some point but the variety is the spice of life and if everyone was a six foot six super jacked to the gills kind of person who kind of fit that mold then there wouldn't be the sort of identifiable piece it would be very sort of homogenous and the variety and finding something different about someone and if we had two people that were remarkably the same go at it there wouldn't kind of be an interest because it's like oh they're kind of fair but having having differences we have a we could have a david versus goliath you can have the uh the strong the big guy versus the little guy, the strong versus the quick. You can have these little differences that garner interest in basic storytelling and in, in in wrestling, in books, in media and movies and television shows. That's sort of what if you can identify with sort of the underdog versus the favorite, then things as such it garners thing. Now, you want to think about folks that maybe haven't fit the mold before. You know, we think about you mentioned drawing money being good merch sales and, and having the that it factor. One of the more successful champions we've seen in the past have had this sort of indelible it factor that people want to see and are drawn to. The fo- the hope the things of and the folks of like, you know, in like a Hulk Hogan, like him or not, in his time, he had an it factor. People were drawn to him. Okay. Move past his his personal uh, business and personal feelings towards him please do yeah folks f- folks like uh for like a bret hart folks were engaged and he had he may not have been the biggest guy but he had this this charisma this it factor to him folks were drawn to him the Shawn michaels the the john cena's the rocks the austins things like that that folks were drawn to that ended up being successful within their runs themselves the folks like you had mentioned, uh, like a gender Mahal may not have been perceived as the best, but they got their opportunity. They, they got a shot taking nothing away from a gender, taking nothing away from a Mike, the Miz Mizanin may not have been the biggest guy may not have been the greatest of great, great promos or, or kind of character work, but he was, he's given an opportunity twice and has, has been successful of it. Folks like, uh, like a Yokozuna, 
didn't have the greatest body, but had had a sort of, you know, this charisma or this thing about him that folks were interested in him. Where I'm going with this is if everything was the same, if we stayed in this mold, then things would get boring. People would be disinterested. We want to see these folks that we can ideal and I can identify with and have this thing that I can get behind and want to see. So having different folks come in and out, having these natural ground swells like a Sammy, like you previously mentioned, uh, like a Daniel Bryan folks getting behind, wanting to see these things happen, overcome those archetypes, overcome the David versus Goliath, the underdog from the underground, a little old uh, Sammy reference, but that notwithstanding, we, we want to see when, quote-unquote, our guy gets his due, wins the big one, becomes successful, and going back to it, I'll, I'll say what you're saying to change it up. We have an opportunity with two, two belts, two championships, to give two people opportunities that maybe, hopefully, they can, too, be successful, like some of the folks we mentioned in the past. Yeah, 100%. Like, we just need some more variety. Um, and I just, I am so tired of two belts on one person. I really do not like it. There's a lot of things that, the, the tropes and stuff that the people uh, flicker between. We haven't had two belts on one person in a long time. I was happy for a long time. Now we have this absolute terrible notion that we need to have this one presiding person at the top of this uh this division and it just limits everything and um i i I just see both cody and sammy being able to tear down the limitations of what uh wwe has become at the top and be able to sort of spread their wings and just make sure that Raw and SmackDown have a lot have an awful lot more going on than is the bloodline here? Okay, no, well then it's a US title, uh four way fatal four way, or uh, you know, it's it's Bobby Lashley getting beat up by Brock or Brock getting beat up by Bobby, or it's, you know, more hints at uh, the the hurt business getting back together by the way I bring up back right now. I need it. And then it's just more a case of all all this other crap. So just stop putting yourself into a box and, and let these two guys be the top of the company. Agreed. You don't want to, things to get stale or you don't want folks to turn on something. So hopefully we don't get too long in the tooth with this whole two plus a year bloodline thing. But is it, is it time? Is it not? Well, begs to be seen, but hopefully leave them want more. Don't sort of overstay your welcome is kind of what we're driving at. Now the next piece in the story piece, we had sort of Cody's representation and Cody's town hall, if you will. Now we have, on this past week's episode of SmackDown, Heyman had his own town hall of his own with Sammy, the other sort of representative and this other pillar in this conversation here. Heyman states the universal... Undisputed WWE Championship is under attack on two sides, one from Sami Zayn on SmackDown and one from Cody Rhodes on Raw. And Heyman even downplays 
Sammy's impact and Sammy's play to the title here saying, Heyman exclaiming, Sammy challenging Roman for the title? Come on. Can you imagine Sammy is undisputed, universal champion, and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? You see Heyman sort of downplaying that to much to everyone's chagrin. We then we actually see Sammy showing up, and Sammy responds to Heyman, but points to Heyman being alone in the ring. He could have dropped Heyman like a bag of dirt, but no one's here to protect Heyman. A month ago, Solo would have already hit him with a Samoan spike. A month ago, Jimmy would have jumped in with a flurry of punches, and the same with Jay as well. But why is that none of that happened? Because the rest of the bloodline knows Roman is off the rails. The walls are closing in. Everything is falling apart. We see Sammy poking at and prodding at the nature of the relationships in the bloodline. But Sammy himself left the bloodline. Jay Uso also left on his own volition, much to the chagrin of Heyman and some of the other folks. And what do you think Jimmy's going to do next? Is he going to side with his, quote, abusive cousin or with his twin brother that he shared the womb with? So, really good point. What's happened to Solo? You know, Roman pulls him in tight. The second he was starting to get familiar and, and on the side of Sammy. So that's another strong point. But Heyman knows what everyone else does. That Roman is going to be on his way out. But Sammy tells Heyman, tell Reigns not to worry about Cody Rhodes. Because Sammy's going to be the one to take him down. Mm. So we see here Heyman having his town hall with Cody. Now having his town hall with Sammy. Sammy bringing up a lot of good points. Again, mentioning how there's dissension in the bloodline. Inadvertently sparked by a Sa rebellious Sammy Zayn standing up to the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. No one was out there with Roman. Is Jay left the bloodline at Royal Rumble? Sammy, quote-unquote, walked away on his own terms. What's Jimmy going to do type of thing? Leave, leaving those seeds of doubt, but ends ultimately with, don't even worry about Cody because I got him. Already foreshadowing his culmination at Elimination Chamber. So I thought, all in all, very solid promo by Sammy. He hit the marks. He played up the importance. He's selling the pay-per-view, selling the match. People are garnered interest. And ultimately, at the end of the day, making people want to see this match. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he did the same thing that he did last week, where he uh, came into the ring and was super sneaky about it. And everybody cheered. And, you know, I thought he was going to maybe attack uh, Paul. Maybe it's a bit of a, as a bit of a message, but I'm glad he actually gave the message that he, uh, that he kind of just said, doesn't have to worry about Cody because he's going to lose to me. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't, you don't need to be looking so far ahead because I'm right here and I can put you down, uh, which I really, really, really enjoyed seeing the self-confidence from Sammy, the, the fact that um, he knows that he can get into there and uh, 
dance with a dance with Roman. Um, and it's just one of those things that whenever we go back a while, you've seen Roman admonishing Sami for calling his shot. Well, Sami's calling his shot again. He failed the first time. Will he fail the second time? Time will tell. Time will tell indeed. You'd love to see the confidence in a challenger. You'd love to see them stepping up, having a strong promo, especially in juxtapose with Cody going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Heyman. Sammy went toe-to-toe -to, -toe to Heyman, another renowned strong promo individual. So again, echoing the sentiment, having the challenger feel strong, look strong, speak well, have this piece garner interest, making people, again, reinforcing the fact wanting to see this match. I think these guys knocked it out of the park, both Cody as well as Sammy with this latest promo on SmackDown. But Joker, I see ultimately the piece here goes back to our opening salvo of the episode here and what we're sort of discussing in these topics is Cody Rhodes or Sammy Zayn. Can they lead the WWE? Can they be champion? Of all the things we talked about now, has your opinion changed? Has it wavered? Has it remained the same? Can Cody or Sammy lead the WWE? I, I, I just, my mind is brought to that little meme of the little girl saying, why not both? Uh, and you know, the, the fact that the last 45 minutes in R, I've been saying, there's a champion with two belts and we have two challengers. So, both Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn can lead the WWE if we split the belts. If we were to maintain this single-minded idiocy where the top guy has to have two belts for another while yet, Cody Rhodes. Uh, and it's not because I don't see Sami as... Uh, the champion champion i just feel like cody rhodes would be able to have more uh of a tenure with the double belts and then be able to split them up whereas sammy would only hold them for a short period of time and then have to give them up i feel like if we're talking sammy zane being a champion he would be suited to having the big blue belt i would like to see him because it kind of echoes then uh into his friendship with ko where ko has held the universal title before as well uh, and i liked you know the, the whole bringing them back together side of things so focus him in the, on that one belt um so to answer your question my, my my sort of foundation of belief for these two individuals has remained the same uh and i just want people to acknowledge the fact that uh even though i will acknowledge the tribal chief the head of the table big dog the man who has both of these belts he really should stop having both of these belts and needs to give them the heck up because there needs to be more storylines shoes of a champion two shoes of a champion shoes of a champion there yeah yeah i will tend to agree ultimately maybe an unpopular opinion may go scorched earth in the comments and on social media, might get burned. But we can have both. We have two world titles, two men over like Rover. 
Wait, PT, did you say we have two world titles? We have two world titles. But they're only on one person. There's two challengers. Like, what's going to what's going to happen? Maybe we should take those two belts off that one guy. Yeah, it's almost as if we can make this work. Mm. I, know. I know. It's crazy talk. In this nature of having a society where we can only kind of pick a side, pick a side of the fence, be a person of only having like one flavor of ice cream or whatever way you want to delineate, we can have both. And there are ways to do it. And it seems like Joker and I are on the same page that we can have two. We don't have to pick. We can have two popular guys. We can have two world champions. Yup. So those were our thoughts on if Cody and or Sammy can lead a WWE and a brand and a show and be successful at it. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are on if a Cody or a Sammy, one or the other or both, can lead WWE. All right, coming up to quick hits here. Once again, for the newer listeners and watchers, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we really enjoyed that we wanted to talk about that we may not have gotten an opportunity to cover full-fledged in a topic per se, but we wanted to mention because we enjoyed it, those moments that sort of popped the boys and we wanted to share with you. So I have a quick hit from this week. And if you know myself and or the good brother Joker, those little character beats, and of course this has to deal a little bit more of the bloodline. On this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, see Jimmy Uso backstage trying to get a hold of Jay. Jimmy's calls only go to voicemail. Jimmy is very nervous as their Smackdown championship match with Ricochet and Braun Strowman is near, and Jimmy doesn't know where Jay is. Backstage, later on in the night, Jimmy gives Paul Heyman the full rundown of all his attempts to call Jay says he can't defend the titles with no partner. But Paul asks him respectfully why he didn't come to help when Sami Zayn held him hostage earlier. Jimmy says he's just been trying to get a hold of Jay, and he knows Solo isn't here. Jimmy asks Paul to have his back and be his partner tonight, but Heyman requests, tells him he's on his own. Jimmy says Jay will be here tonight. Jimmy ends up coming out alone for his title match. However, wonderfully, Jay shows up at the very last moment, coming through the crowd to a huge pop and joins his brother, leading to a successful title defense. Later on afterwards, when we see the Usos walking backstage, Jay is fired up about how he's never going to abandon his brother Jimmy. And Jimmy tries to get an answer out of Jay as to whether this means he's standing with the bloodline. But Jay is non-committal. Jimmy confirms this with a Paul Heyman who pops out from behind the column after Jay takes his leave. And ultimately, we see Jay walking through the loading dock when he sees and he runs into a Mr. Sami Zayn. 
Sammy welcomes Jay back and says he can't imagine what Jay's going through right now. He doesn't want to put Jay in a tough spot. But they both know Roman Reigns. And Sammy himself can't imagine letting Jay forget what he did at Royal Rumble for him. Zayn tells him what he did meant the world to Sammy. And they're eight days away from something huge. He knows Jay has wanted to see this for quite a long time. Roman is going down. He doesn't know how. He just knows he wants to tell Jay he doesn't have to go down with the ship. There's a way out of this. and That's all Sammy's saying. And if they don't ever talk again, Sammy just wants Jay to know, I acknowledge Jay Uso. Uso tells him to get out of here. Sammy says he's leaving. Sammy holds up that fist for a fist bump. And eventually, Jay Uso returns the fist bump. Oh, man, it's cooking. It's brewing. So, so good. It was honestly so good. The The fact that Sammy Zayn, you know, watches the show and, and you know, realizes that uh, we were always, you know, talking about Jay being, uh, Jay being the one uh, that actually is the tribal chief. Le- legitimately, I, I freaking love that one line. Like, just, just him going, I acknowledge Jay, Jay. So, like, I was just like, are you kidding me? Sammy boy, like, what are you doing here? It's just so good. It's super good. Dude's crazy. Like, obviously, through the whole story of Jay having this sort of initial animosity, and, you know, we've talked about, especially even in the previous episode, Jay was always focused on protecting the family, and he was reluctant and, and hesitant about Sammy, but ultimately won him over, and they have this bond. But, man, what a callback to... It was that confrontation with Logan Paul and Logan saying, uh, which, which one of these guys? Is it you, the tribal chief, Roman, or you, the tribal chief, Jay? Thing. But, man, what a callback to even just a, a little sprinkle of that, inadvertently or not, to that moment. And Sammy just stirring pots and, and putting it in there, but sort of being loyal and saying, you know what, Jay Uso, I acknowledge you. There's, there's just so many different levels to this that my, my brain just kind of goes, oh, but this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. And just, just really briefly, he always, Roman this is, likes to say he's operating in God mode. Greatness on a different level mode. Um, but the one thing that he hasn't really done is, metaphorically, lead. The one thing that we're going to see is not Roman be defeated, but we'll see a god bleed. On uh, not not literally in the elimination chamber match, he will be seen to be weak, and that is what Jay needs to see. He needs to see that Roman is nothing without the bloodline, and is weak and can be beaten. And it's time for maybe Jay to step up. Maybe it's time for main event Jey Uso to actually win the match. Because we talked about it last week, about the whole him having to give up in that Hell in a Cell match because his brother Jimmy was getting beaten up by the guillotine choke. Jay only quit because that was happening. Otherwise, he was just going to let Roman beat him into oblivion. Just this one little interaction between Sammy and Jay made my brain explode and go, yes, give me more. 
with showing that someone can stand up to the head of the table, tribal chief Roman Reigns. We've known that we spoke about it at length in the previous episode of Jay really focusing on family and kind of at the behest or bequeathing the, the leadership to Roman as the head of the table. But yeah, it sees that he can have an ally. He can, he doesn't have to quote, go down with the ship. He can be successful. He doesn't need to be in the bloodline per se to be that sort of main event Jey Uso. But yeah, just again, all these layers and callbacks and little pieces, man, just makes for another interesting watch and compelling viewing of the show's upcoming. Yep. And this coming from two guys that were probably not seen as being top of the pile. There you go. Couldn't have said it best. So that was our quick hit from this week. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know if you had a quick hit or if you enjoyed anything from this week in the world of professional wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us. Another intense conversation, some justifications. Some opposition, some tribalness, if you will, on multiple levels. How was that for you, brother? It was good for me. Yeah, and I like I like talking about Sammy. I like talking about Cody. I thought it was good. Just uh, sometimes it's just infuriating that uh, we can't get past this this fact that maybe we should just give Sammy the ball, the brass ring, the whatever, um, just because. I don't see him as the, like, you know, it's just a, such a cool topic and it's such a fun storyline. And uh, it, the top of the card is definitely filled with some amazing stuff right now. And I just hope that gets to carry on into the future. Agreed. It's one of those where, from a perception, you think the sort of the best or the most popular or the kind of person that makes the most money would be sort of the top guy or the champion or what have you, but wrestling has proved that it's not always a meritocracy. It's not always if you work your hardest and you earn your way there and you are the the best in a specific aspect of a promo or, or a skill set or your wrestling or things like that doesn't always guarantee you that success or that top spot or type of thing. But I feel like these two guys, uh, Cody and Sammy, that have worked their butt off, and can potentially garner success. It could be a really feel-good story for not only them and for the fans and, and for the WWE, but for the other guys and gals in the locker room. That proves if you put in the work and you know you put that effort in and you know you can you can also be successful like these guys can be. So I feel like it can be a win overall. 100 percent definitely. Appreciate everybody coming on long on this journey with us that we can see one or two you can have one you can have two. you can have both it's okay so with that for tf joker we have two belts on one guy and two challengers like it just doesn't make any sense really and for me pretty tony we thank you for your time letting us be your part of your day and remember be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace. 